0: Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chaffett, and my good friend, Artemis Brower. Artie, episode 163.
1: Yes, sir. One, How are we doing? Two, three. Woo. I'm going to bring in, in, energy tonight, man. I'm, I'm going to bring it. I'm tired. I am tired as I don't know what. Uh, if you see me fumbling the bag a little bit, it's because I'm exhausted from <laughs> this past week traveling to Durham from Winston-Salem every single day this week but we do what we do to get to the bag but I'm excited to be here with you and I'm excited to be recording another episode
0: for sure yeah man it's good seeing you um hate that you're having to do that but like you said whatever you gotta do to secure the bag and and you're doing you're doing the right thing so um good to good to have that and uh already I mean what a week it's been for the for the boneyard podcast, we're going to talk about it. I mean, we're we're going to talk about it. There, there's to. a lot that there's a lot that uh, has has transpired in the last week or so. Um, since, since I would say about an hour after the App State game, a lot's gone down. Um, we'll talk about all of it. We're hey, we're an open book here at the Boneyard Podcast. But uh, first things first, Artie. 163 number 63 got one
1: I do have a 63 and uh, I do appreciate the assist on this uh number 63 thank you for that uh but that is one Jeff Saturday uh awesome 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 guy um you know obviously uh, legend with the Indianapolis coach during that uh, long Peyton Manning era in Indianapolis, won a Super Bowl with the coach. I think he's on the the coach, you know, uh, ring of legacy or a hall of honor, hall of fame, whatever, whatever they have in in, in Indy. Um, but um, don't know all his stats. I just know that he's he's a great. He, I think he's a hall of famer. If not, he's going to be a hall of famer because uh, he was absolutely one of the best centers in the league for a decade plus. Uh, so Jeff Saturday, I don't know if he's he's not still coaching the coach. Is he? I, I think I think it was just like a little temporary. Right, I have no idea if Jeff Saturday is actually still coaching the Colts. I really don't. I don't follow the Colts.
2: Uh, the even
0: the, though the have, coaches, the coaches my, at the NFL level change so much that, honestly, if I tried to keep up with every single head coach at, at the NFL level, like, I, 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 unless I'm getting paid, that's the only way I'm doing it. Hey, but look, this is what I'll say. Back-to-back weeks, two centers,
1: two big uglies. All right, I'm giving them the respect and credit that is due to the guys that protect the pretty boys back there. All right, so shout out Jason Kelsey last week. Shout out Jeff Saturday this week.
0: For sure. Uh, all right, my sixty three already. I'm gonna ask you: is is this chalk for the Boneyard podcast? No, right. I, I, didn't,
1: I didn't even. I didn't even. Look. Let me. Let me. Let me look at this. I mean, yeah, this is chalk. I mean, if 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 you're a pirate, you don't know this name. You're not really a pirate. So.
0: None other. My number 63. None other than former East Carolina University pitcher. Currently a starter for the Cleveland Guardians. Formerly the Cleveland Indians. Uh, I, guess, I guess he never really pitched for the Indians. But uh, drafted 23rd overall in the 2021 draft. Has pitched in 16 games. Started every single one of those uh, for Cleveland after making his debut on June 21st, he's got three wins, five losses, a 3.29 ERA, 82 innings pitched, 81 strikeouts. almost a strikeout an inning guy right now. Uh, none other than Gavin Williams, big G money. Um, uh, it. It. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta go with him. Like when, when he's right there, you gotta go with it. Right. Like, it's as easy as that, Gavin Williams. Um, look, the Guardians are are honestly, the Guardians are kind of trash right now. <laughs> but Gavin Gavin's on that five man rotation, and I, I think he's going to be there to stay for a while. I, I think. I mean, that three point two nine ERA that's that's not bad. And not bad at all. look, wins and losses doesn't matter anymore. Nobody cares about wins and losses it's a team sport and uh you, you gotta you gotta have an offense to be able to win ball games and I mean Ga- Gavin's team doesn't really have much offense so uh yeah number 63 Gavin Williams already I'll, I'll say this again I said it last year and I think I talked about it a little bit last week on the podcast. number 63 is is my favorite number personally it's just yeah. my favorite number, number 63 and all the video games I play, my character wears number sixty three. Um just I wore number sixty-three on, on the Kai Fi B side intramural football team. Shout out, Rokai. Um and then already, I mean it's it's just it's it's a good number. Like it, it's a it's a random number, but it's also not a random number. It's divisible by three. is the best number. Um
1: I wouldn't uh I wouldn't know. I I I I rocked the real numbers. I rocked eight and six and twenty four because I was I was a big Kobe guy. So eight and twenty four were my numbers. So, but any anything past honestly anything past twenty four, you can miss me with that. I'm not don't I do not i do not know what it feels like to rock a sixty three or fifty two or any of it, those. It's
0: one. It's one of those numbers where when you wear it and you're great, people remember it. And, I mean, when when you juke out somebody uh, to send your team to the championship, rocking the number 63, no, nothing feels better. Okay. I mean, number 63 on the field, but number one in your heart, there it your is. boy, Jared Chaffet. Uh, <laughs> Artemis. Talk to me. The Boneyard podcast is proud to be members of the variety sports podcast network, variety sports, go check them out. Uh, we're, we're doing our NFL picks of the week. I sent in my NFL picks, uh, uh, here, I can read them off. Uh, we, we had five games to pick up, pick from mine, uh, already. Let's see. Let's see where, where, where's the text. All right. Yeah, here, here we go. um, the text. So we we were talking Giants, 49ers, uh, Buffalo, Washington, Falcons, Lions, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and uh Rams, Cincinnati. We all we had to give our picks, our score predictions. Yeah. I'm gonna roll through mine. You you tell me how you think how how you think I'm gonna fare this week, okay? All right, let's roll. All right, San Francisco thirty one, Giants seventeen. Okay. Buffalo 27 Washington 21 Atlanta 33 going to go 3 and 0 to start the season. My Falcons rise up baby. 33 Detroit 24. Pittsburgh in in Vegas. Vegas 28 Pittsburgh 21 and then I got the Rams beating the Bengals 20 to 14. How how you feeling about that?
1: I like the first two picks. I like the first two picks. I don't have the Falcons going three and over beating the Lions. I do not have uh, the Steelers losing to Vegas just because I don't believe in Jimmy G like that. He ain't going – not against that defense. Did you see what that defense did Monday night? He, that ain't, D- he ain't putting up no numbers against that defense. He's not.
0: That that defense looked like East Carolina's defense had they been able to stop the ball
1: like, Jimmy, Jimmy G not doing nothing on that Steelers defense. And then uh, what was the last one? Uh. Rams, Bengals. Oh yeah, the Bengals are 0-2. They're gonna they're gonna beat the hell out the Rams. They got they gotta win. They they gotta gotta win. Even though that 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 Puka that Puka Nakua, whatever his name is, I picked him up on waivers the other day. He's killing
0: it. I mean, yeah, what what a pickup. I mean, I I was trying to I was trying to find him, but I think yeah, you you slid in right before I could get to him. His Um, numbers the
1: first two weeks, I'm like, Yeah, I gotta I gotta stash him on the bench real quick. That is crazy.
0: Undrafted rookie, right?
1: Yeah, he's putting up some numbers.
0: Mm. Yeah, and then I, I saw uh, somebody picked up Kareem Hunt in our fa- we have the hundred dollar. You have a hundred dollars to spend on on with the waiver wire. I yeah. saw somebody in our our fantasy league put like thirty six dollars on Kareem Hunt. I was like, I was like, that's a lot of money to put on. Kareem yeah,
1: Hunt. No. I, I tried. To, I tried to pick up Ford for the for the uh, for the Browns when. Uh, yeah. Nick Chubb got got. I put forty on on Ford, thinking that was going to be enough. And Sony put fifty one. I think it was Quiggles put fifty one on him. I was like, ugh, it's a little too stiff for me, but I I respect it. Mm.
0: H- how you how you doing in fantasy right now? I'm, I'm one and one,
1: two and zero, baby. We okay.
0: Hey hey, as long as as long as I don't come in last, I, I'm good. Right. I don't I don't want to come in last this year. Uh, but all right, Artie, let, Let's get into it. Uh, we're we're gonna talk App State, ECU, and then we're gonna. Uh, preview East Carolina's matchup with uh Gardner Webb coming up this weekend uh already the good the silver lining one might say uh the defense scored twice hey if your offense can't score hopefully your defense can <laughs> and that that's that's what we got um shout out the 17-year-old freshman That's Antoine crazy. Jackson. <laughs> That's crazy. With his first career pick taking it to the house for six, pick 6, Antoine Jackson uh I mean what what a start to what a start to his, his college career. I mean, he should be a senior in high school right now. But he's playing D1 football and making pick sixes. Yeah, I mean, talk about an athlete. Um, shout out Antoine Jackson. Get got to keep him. Got to keep him with uh with his girlfriend on, on the basketball team. Got, got, right. That's we got. That's the only
1: way he's staying in Greenville. <laughs> that's the only
0: way. What what somebody should do is fund the the NIL should. Uh, I was about to that that NIL money going is going to come knocking though. So. Well, what, what we need it we we need like a marriage counselor that can give money to the to team boneyard and sponsor Antoine Jackson and keep that relationship going. I don't care. I don't care. Um and then uh junior Siobhan Rebel, uh had an honestly I had no idea what was going on. When, when he had that Nothing scoop and played, score
1: yeah
0: I had no idea what was going on. Like I was watching I all I see is him taking off down the field, and I'm like, where's he running? Like, what, what's going on? Who's he running from? And he was just running by himself, and he, and he had the ball and scooped and scored for for a touchdown. And
1: but Side note, I, I just want to mention, I was trying to keep up with this game. I was literally watching this game, or at least trying to watch this game, on my phone at my childhood friend's, her daughter's first birthday party. We were out in Lexington. <laughs> and I'm literally sitting at this child's birthday party and everybody's doing, you know, the Kumbaya and then talking and, and all that. And I'm sitting here on my phone trying to keep up with this at ECU game. So.
0: Yeah, I, it, it was a great game for, you know, three quarters. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of sounds familiar to the Marshall game, right? It's a good game. Three quarters. Yep. Yep. Um, other good, Artie. I li- I liked what I saw out of you know the Aussie punter Luke Larson. Uh, when when your oh, offense yeah. doesn't, what's that?
1: <laughs> I was I was making a joke. I said the forty
0: year old. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, dude's got three kids and, and a whole family to feed, all the mouths to feed. them um, yeah, in the, of the class. Yeah, it, it. His uh, if you go on EC's website, his. Major just says MBA. Just says MBA. Doesn't say anything else. Just he's getting his MBA. That, that's his major. Um, Luke Larson, he, he's he seemed to have figured it out this year. I look yeah. two years ago, he we were all happy with Luke Larson. Last year, Luke Larson was public enemy number one. Yeah. And then now he, he seemed to find what what he had back in that 2021 season. Um, Now, granted, he he doesn't have the longest leg at times, but his punting style, that Aussie punting style, every once in a while he can get a long one, one that rolls out and gets downed within inside the ten yard line, right? And and he had one on Saturday, I, I believe, downed at like the three or the two, um, just a, an insane punt, great punt to to see. And like I said, if if your offense can't do anything, and you're having to rely on the defense to score points. We look like we look like the new Iowa out there with uh scoring points off of defense. Um you could you could really make a case to say that the defense has scored three touchdowns and the offense has only gotten two. Yeah. Um but yeah, no,
1: you know, you, you can't actually make that case because the only touchdown we scored in the Marshall game. Was gift wrapped by the defense, so
0: yeah. So I mean, that that's that's good to see. And then uh, the offense, like it looked improved, right? I think Alex Flynn, his composure, he he looks he looks more composed than than Mason Garcia, and we've been saying that since week one. And um, I, I think that helped. But we still can't throw the ball, or we still can't figure out how to get north-south with, with our passes. Yeah, and we're, we're throwing little screen passes and just getting blown up at the line of scrimmage. Um, and it, it is honestly infuriating to watch at times. Uh, I, I don't want to be. I, I saw a comment earlier this week that we were too negative. I don't know if you say we're too negative. You probably don't listen to the podcast that often. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Just, we are the biggest. If anything,
1: here. if anything, we're not critical enough. That's
0: yeah, all, and I true. mean, we we got to figure out. And Coach Donnie K. I mean, give him credit. Give him credit. He said we we got to figure it out on first and second down because we. He said we practice third down probably more than anybody in the country, and we suck on third down. So, uh, every, hopefully, every,
1: every offensive coordinator that 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 means nothing to me. Every offensive coordinator in the country, we we practice the most third that we, we do everything we can to make sure third down is going to be great. Come on, man. Uh, every, and,
0: uh I mean, I guess, I guess it's great when uh, every your third down package is hey, let's run it up the middle. Um, yeah, so but the offense looked improved. That first drive was the best drive they had all season, and Still, that was the best drive. And the, the thing about it was it seemed like they, they did well coming off, like they had the game script. But once the script changed and once the you got into the game and you couldn't go off the script and you were having to actually call plays and, and go with the ebbs and flows of a game, ECU fell off. That's the problem, though, Jared. Football's not a script. Exactly.
1: It's not a script. They scripted the first drive perfectly. You're playing chess, not checkers out here, and you have to have ebb and flows. So
0: Ex- Exactly, exactly. Checkmate. Um, so th- that's the good. It, the offense looked improved, but it still wasn't where it needs to be. Okay? Um, it, it's just too predictable, and that that's that's the th- first thing I have in the bat is the offense is too predictable. Right? We need... Define offense. We need to find scoring. And it can't always come from the defense. You can't expect your defense to be on the field for more than 60% of the game and, and still win. Right. You can't expect that. Um, And Coach Harrell, I mean, he said, hey, we we didn't, we didn't compete as hard in the second half as we did in the first half. Probably because your defense is on the field every four plays. You can't get anything going. So your guys are your guys are getting tired. Not to mention you got you got some guys banged up. You do have some guys banged up on the defense. You got Elijah Morris who's banged up. You got Tegan Wilk who missed the second half uh, of the game at App State. Uh sounds like he it sounds like he may miss some some time, couple weeks. Um, my guess would be he doesn't play this weekend and I wouldn't I, I would be surprised if he played next weekend. Um, but, yeah, the offense, you've got to have sustained drives, and ECU doesn't have that. Whether it's because the offensive line sucks, whether it's because the quarterback play sucks, or whether it's because the wide receivers can't catch a damn ball, you got to figure it out.
1: Well, I mean, Jerry, it's, it's a combination of four things. It's the old line not playing up to their potential – it's the receivers not catching wide open passes when they should and making plays. Um, it is the quarterback play, which has just been anemic. And it's the and it it's the offensive play calling. You have all four of those things that are just lacking, and which is leading to you only having three score touchdowns offensively in three games. That's that's what it is. And to be honest with you, heading into this matchup with Gardner Webb, like probably not even gonna be a runaway in that game, right? So <laughs> we'll we'll see.
0: sorry did was I muted that you were that's gone,
1: so... you were, you, were, you was gone for a solid two minutes dog you was and you was you was talking passionately and 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 me and Josh was hitting you on the side and couldn't hear nothing
0: what the hell couldn't hear nothing this man this computer is getting way too old I I don't think I was muted but maybe I was I don't know you
1: didn't look like you were muted but we couldn't hear you
0: I don't know uh anyways what what I was gonna say was let's just get it all uh, what I said was, let's get it all out in, in the open. All right, let's talk about this tweet. People took, blew it way out of proportion. I tweeted what I saw. Okay, I tweeted what I saw and what that was, um, what was an athletic director having a fairly one-sided conversation with having a one-sided conversation with, with a head coach. And that that's all, that's really all it was. Look, the one thing that I'll say is we knew that it was about lack of offense. Steve and I go confirm that it it was about lack of offense, right? We all heard that everybody in that room heard that. So if there's people denying that that was said, we all heard it and it's been confirmed elsewhere. I also maybe shouldn't have said that I heard the word change. I was 90% sure that I heard the word change. And I even said that in the tweet um, with that. I mean, I also said that I didn't know exactly what the context was. Right. And, and is it a context of we need to change offensive coordinator or was it in context of good job on, on changing quarterbacks? Cause, cause we needed that. I don't know. And I said that it could be either. It could be something else but i am ninety percent sure I, I heard the word change. I was just letting you know what I heard what I saw. I was standing about thirty feet away from them. Um, look, I saw people calling for us to lose our credentials. We didn't do anything wrong. People said we were unprofessional. Like we didn't do anything wrong. we We just tweeted about a conversation. Uh, we just tweeted about a conversation that that uh, that I saw. and if you're upset about it, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I mean, the Boneyard podcast is going nowhere. We're staying right here. I mean, talk what you want. Look, obviously it struck a nerve with a bunch of people because a lot of people were wanting it to be some kind of change. And we all know that there needs to be some kind of change.
1: Lose our credentials for what, though? We didn't confirm anything. We didn't promise that this was said. We didn't say, oh, we guarantee this happened it was what you thought that you overheard which is probably what you overheard after the game <laughs> like it was a conversation it was a conversation that needed to happen by the way let's let's go ahead and just address that like it was a conversation that absolutely needed to happen I think a lot of people are coming out here trying to defend that the conversation shouldn't even have been happening in the first place no this conversation needs to be happening we're zero three the offense is struggling terribly the play calling is struggling terribly. This is a conversation. You're the athletic director. You get paid a lot of money to make sure that these things are not happening terribly. This conversation needed to happen and it needed to happen right after that game. So you probably heard exactly what you heard and you did not confirm or, 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 you know, I promised that this happened. You said, this is what I believe that I overheard happening between these two gentlemen after this game. Right. We here to do journalism, man. Like we're not we're not here to to kiss ass and and be everybody's friend and do this that. We are here because we're loyal to East Carolina University, not any one person, not any one player, not any one coach, not any one athletic director, not any one media member. We're loyal to East Carolina University, period, and we're look, loyal to this podcast and putting out good content. So look
0: and true what content. I'll, what I'll say is, and I say this in every email to any guest we're having on. I say this to anybody when I'm talking about our podcast. We're fans first. We want change. We want some, we want ECU to be good. We want ECU to be back on, on top in our opinion, right? We want that. We want that just as much as every other donor, every other pirate club member, everybody else. There's some people in the media that they don't care. They, they get paid to cover the team. We don't get paid. Look, anything that we've made has gone either right back into the podcast or I've taken it and I've donated it right back to the Pirate Club. Okay. We don't make money. We don't make money off this podcast. And so, yeah, I mean, we tweeted something. I don't know. I, I really don't care. I, I really don't care at this point. Maybe, maybe already this is this is the start of, of our, our villain arc. In, in hey, and maybe, I don't know. I saw a lot maybe, of people. Maybe. Look, from, I already saw Borneo podcast on the dark side. Maybe, maybe, maybe this makes it official. So. I, 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 I know I saw a lot of people from other media outlets Lose our credentials <laughs> try to talk shit. No, get out of here with that. All right, all right, let, let's move on since since I wasted a minute and a half on, on mute. Um still a lot of drop passes. Cy Hatfield dropped a wide open pass, then that next play led to a big turnover. Um uh, I mean and then I mean the quarterback is. I mean, we're we're staring down receivers. Like I I could call out a, when it, when an interception is going to happen. I feel like every play when when I see it, I can almost tell you when, when an interception is coming, just because I think everybody else in the in the stadium could probably could probably call that out. Yeah. So telegraphing passes, uh, and then while the defense still looks good, it's maybe time to admit that the secondary isn't performing. Teams are throwing all over us we got to figure something out. Um, so, yeah, that that that's really it. Artie, anything else for the bad? Yeah, no, nothing else on the bad. I mean, yeah, like like the only thing
1: I'll add is that, you know, the defense, yeah, they've, they've looked good in spurts. They've looked great at times. But we've also given up over 100 points in three games, too. Like, we've literally given up over 100 points in three games. So, as well as they've played at times, overall, eh.
0: Artie, if I told you at the beginning of the season – that through our first three games, the team that we gave up the least amount of points to was Michigan. (laughs) What?
1: In the big house. That's the team that has scored the least amount of points on us. Michigan in the big house. Oh, absurd.
0: All right. And then the ugly. Got to figure it out in the second half. ECU led 21 to 16 at halftime. They were held to 42 yards on 25 plays in the second half negative half of a yard rushing in the second half. Overall this year already, opponents have outscored ECU 55 to 13 in the second half and 28 to 3 in the fourth quarter. Like they shouldn't even play no quarter. Like we we can't play no quarter if that's how if that's how we're if that's how we're looking.
1: I, I look it's i really have nothing to add you said it perfectly it's 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 a crap shoot right now and honestly the other teams should be playing no quarter on on our behalf because they're the ones that are actually living up to the to the no quarter insignia so it's it's not good
0: and lastly the ugly already before we before we preview Gardner web penalties ECU is 129th out of 130 FBS teams in penalties this year, just ahead of Boston college.
1: Which is not saying much. Cause if you saw the Boston college game last weekend, like I did, I watched them in that Boston college game. They truthfully probably should have beat Florida state, but they had like 18 to 20 penalties. Like they literally, I think it was, I think it was 18 penalties that they had in that game for like 175 some yards. It was something absurd. And, if they have half of those, they probably beat Florida State at home. So, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Boston College just shooting themselves in the face, we would be the worst team in the country with penalties.
0: For sure. That's that's the good, bad, and ugly from, from ECU versus App State. Okay. We're 0-3. This is a new week. Gardner Webb comes into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium uh gardner webb last year was seven and six five and oh in the big south finished first in the big south last year um before losing to william and mary in the second round of of the fcs playoffs uh we're we're gonna bring on phil constantino uh to the podcast phil how are we doing my friend uh welcome to the boneyard podcast
2: I was listening to you guys uh, the last few minutes, and I felt like I was back home in New York listening to WFAN after a Yankees <laughs> game. Jeez. I, I get it's, it's
0: three, but. <laughs> man, the sky is falling here. We're not in Greenville. We both live in Winston-Salem, but the sky is falling. It feels like around, around East Carolina. Yeah, it's, not, and, it's, not, uh, it's not a good feeling. Yeah, it. it I don't know. I I was expecting to at least, I was expecting to at least be one and two going into week four. I mean, had you told me one and two, I would, I would have felt okay. Knowing that we had to play Marshall, Marshall, Michigan and app state went in a weird order there, but um, knowing that we had to play those three teams, three really good FBS teams, teams that are vying to win their conference and, yeah, it it it, it kind of it it stings right now. Uh it does does not feel
2: good. But um t- talk well, to I us about Gardner Webb, man. I tell you what, the Gardner Webb running Bulldogs didn't expect to be one and two. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it it's tough times here. Um but Gardner Webb coming into Dowdy. uh y'all came in
2: what what was it? 2 years ago, 3 years ago? Uh, that would have been 2019. That would have been the year before I got to Gardner. Whatever. Really? It wow. Not, it was not pretty. Well, I mean, you guys were probably happy after that one. But
0: I mean, that was I'm trying to think 2019 four and eight season or yeah, four and eight season. So, I mean, Hey, it wasn't a three and nine season. I, I, that, that's off the top of my head. Uh, Josh on, on the ones and twos can probably fact check that to make sure. But I mean, we, Look, that was a win, but look, we, we haven't won many in the last decade or so. So,
2: um, yeah. Tell you what, Gardner, it's a very different Gardner Webb program since then. Obviously, well, what, new staff, but a very different program since then. So, uh,
0: outside of the coaching staff, I mean, what would you say is the one thing that's changed? I mean, maybe it's culture wise, maybe it's, I mean, recruiting wise. So, um, yeah.
2: Well, well, I'll be I'll be completely honest when I say this. The in Gardner Webb's history in Division One had kind of been an afterthought in the area. It was the small little thing, a little outside of Charlotte, off to the west. Uh, not a lot of people knew a whole lot about, and really, overwhelmingly, wasn't su- that successful, and, and wasn't that successful in football last year. I mean, that was the first time in. Uh, almost a decade, that they went over 500 in football. That just didn't happen. Now, granted, usually uh, in Gardner-Webb's case, you're playing two to three FBS games a year. Um, that's part of being a small school. Budgets are what they are and playing in the FCS. So it's hard to get over 500, a lot harder than it would be in East Carolina's case. Uh, but it's a program that that was not successful uh, since 2002 when it transitioned uh, up to Division I. Um, it, it did win... Uh, early on in the transition, after coming off of those uh, coming off of those um, Division II years where they were really good at the end, early on in the transition they won a couple of games early, uh, but but it didn't qualify them for the postseason. Uh, they won a Big South championship early, didn't qualify them for the postseason. It was a four-team league at the time, um, and last year uh, was the first Big South championship in 19 years, and really I, I would venture to say the first truly a championship successful year of division one and the first time the program ever went to the fcs playoffs so how'd they get there they brought in a new coach um in december of 2019 trey lamb uh obviously pandemic hits uh fall of 2020 is jacked up he coaches a four-game season in the spring of 2021 so he tells you this is really year three not year number four uh because it started in the fall of 2021 when they really were able to start building um but also, I would even say before bringing in Coach Lamb, um, there wasn't necessarily an investment from the top at the school in making athletics great after the transition to Division One. And and I do have to give a lot of credit to the president of the school, William Downs, because he's a big school guy. I think he spent some time in East Carolina. He, he grew up an NC State fan and went to school there and, and was uh, – uh, involved at nc state his family's been involved there for a long time and he wanted gardner Webb athletics to be good and just simply put the money and the resources that have been put into it um, right before as he was announced before he officially took took office as president uh, is when the basketball team went to the ncaa tournament in 2019 and that was kind of the spark that was the first big one uh, and then they all started falling in line and last year as a whole uh, the athletic department won three championships their most ever uh, winning the football uh, championship uh, 21-0 season in women's basketball was the um, was the best season in the history of the Big South Conference, men's or women's ever in basketball. And um, the men's tennis team also won a championship. So um, if I'm going really big picture back to the last time you would have seen this athletic department, the last time you would have seen this uh, football team, um, the it starts with the investment from the president. That's Dr. Downs. And and, I'm, and I believe if, if my timeline adds up right, the last time uh, you would have seen Gardner-Webb at Dowdy-Ficklin would have been his first season – or at first year, I should say, at Gardner-Webb. So before his his impact was really felt.
0: For sure. Yeah. Artie?
1: Yeah, Phil, I just want to ask you, this, you know, what, what were the expectations for Gardner-Webb You know, coming into this season, after all the success last year, coming into this season, and then after three games, should he have the one and two start, which I know is disappointing – what are the expectations now after these first three games?
2: Championship. I mean, FCS playoffs. Um, they return. This this doesn't happen in college football nowadays, right? Especially at the FCS level. Because when you have good players, they go up. Uh, they return 17 starters uh, from a championship team last year. They return. Uh, and that's 17 positions. Because on the defense alone, they have 17 guys going into this year who have regular starting experience. What, albeit a half a season, whatever. Um, so 17 out of 22 positions, they were starters. You do that in college football nowadays, you're going to be pretty good. You're going to expect to be pretty good. Um, now, they did have to replace the quarterback. Bailey Fisher graduated, uh, reigning Big South Offensive Player of the Year. Um, he was a two-year starter at Gardner-Webb. He was with Trey Lamb previously when Trey was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee Tech, where where Bailey was an all-conference player in the Ohio Valley. There was a chemistry there, and he had a he had an ability. Although he may have been undersized, he had the ability to play really well at the FCS level, and was really a dual threat quarterback. Um, so they had to replace him. Otherwise, it's a, it's a roster that's intact. I mean, even the kicker and the punter are the same guy from last year. The all conference long snapper is the same guy from last year. Um, so if you were to tell me three weeks in one and two. Um, or you were to tell me back at the preseason that three weeks in, they'd be one and two. I would tell you that Gardner web fans would be disappointed. And and I think that it, they're all disappointed in boiling Springs uh, just a little bit. Obviously they're aware that everything's still right in front of them. Uh, but if you listen to Trey Lamb's uh, video press conference this week, you, you, you got the point. So. Yeah, for sure. And
0: you because- that kind of sounds like, I mean, ECU coming off two decent seasons, not championship-level seasons, but two decent seasons. That, that I guess it feels like we're, we're kind of in the same spot. Yes, y'all are one to. two. I mean, you, you lost a, a game to App State. So, do, hey, y'all y'all
2: look more competitive we against App State it. than we did. It feels like, from what I've gathered, and I think this is – got to say, you guys have some fan base, by the way this is the fourth interview i've done this week podcast local radio everything so give credit to ecu fans you guys have some fan base um but but the sense that i've gotten from listening to you guys and from and from doing some of the interviews and talking to some of the folks uh, out in the eastern part of the state is that the sky is falling. that the hot seat is on coach houston um that it's not that at Gardner webb it, it's a sense of disappointment because I think that they had—they really thought they had a chance to beat Appalachian State, mm-hmm. and they were up on Appalachian State with five minutes left to go in the third quarter, um, and then just a couple of, of bad mistakes—a shank, punt, flips field—and next thing you know, it's you know, a, three straight scores unanswered. They lose the game by twenty-one. Um, and, but but you know, in, in Gardner Webb's position, you, you're going into that game. Previously under under Lamb, they played five FBS games. They were in four of them, probably could have, maybe should have won three of them, had the ball down by less than a touchdown, driving in on the final drive, and either didn't convert on fourth down or threw a pick. So, so they've had chances in these FBS games. They have been close. They've been blown – in six FBS games now, they've been blown out in one uh, in three years under Trey Lamb. So they really thought they had a chance to win that game, and that was a that was an incredibly disappointed locker room which I don't know that you would usually see when you hang in it for three quarters, FCS team versus FBS team. Um, Then they turn around, they beat Elon. Uh, It was a little bit ugly in the end. Elon's a perennial power in this area. They finished 17th in the country in the FCS last year. They were a playoff team a season ago. They could be a playoff team this year. They beat Elon at home by a touchdown, but they were up two touchdowns with six minutes left. Costly fumble. Next thing you know, it's a tie game and it requires a minute long drive to go win it with 14 seconds left. So, it was kind of an ugly win, but it was a win. And it might be the most signature FCS non conference win of Trey Lamb's tenure. And then last week, that was just, I mean, that was just for lack of a better way to to say it. And I don't think anyone in the program would disagree. That was just a clunker against Tennessee State. Uh, They made every mistake possible um, and still only lost the game by two. Uh, They play an average game, and they're probably two touchdowns better than Eddie George's uh, Tennessee State team. So, um, I still think that. It's not this sky is falling. It's disappointment. Um, they feel like they should be two and one. They feel like some people feel like they could be, maybe should be three and oh. Um, it's a championship program that still thinks if they go run the table in conference play, we'll have a shot to win uh, the new Big South OBC uh, Association. Uh, they're a team that, even if they don't win the association, if they take care of business at the FCS level, Maybe they pull off an upset this week. Well, they're probably going to get an at-large bid to the FCS playoffs if they do that. Uh, and, and they're still even at one and two. A lot of folks expect them to be back in the rankings soon. So it, it's not a sky is falling mentality. It is definitely a level of disappointment because this program has gone from being not a great program to a championship level program. Um, but it's there, there's 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 a little disappointment there. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for you.
1: And. You know, Phil, I, I do want to ask you this because, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. We are acting like the sky's falling fallen in, in Greenville. And, you know, deservedly so because we're starting 0-3. We weren't really expecting to start 0-3. Um, but, I mean, Gardner-Webb, they're coming into, you know, to to Dowdy and they're not playing a juggernaut, right? I mean, they're playing a team that is reeling, struggling, still trying to figure things out in their own right. How does Gardner-Webb feel coming into this game? I mean, this, this will be – could be a huge upset victory on the road for them, and they should feel good about that coming in. How do they feel from your perspective?
2: Yeah, well, I'll say this. I think the sense that I've gathered from the East Carolina fan base is that there actually is um, a level of fear in playing Gardner-Webb. Not that not that you guys are 0-3, but also in the fact that the record of close games versus the FBS that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, they should have beaten Coastal Carolina and Liberty last year. And those are not – slouches of FBS teams. Those are a pretty good group of five teams. So um, I, I think they think they can win. Um, They're a little banged up, a couple of injuries, a couple of positions. Guys didn't play a ton of snaps last game. I, I bet the coaching staff, if you could get them off the record, would probably tell you, and I haven't talked to them about this, but they would probably tell you, we were limiting some guys because we thought we could take care of Tennessee State. Um, I think they hope to have some of those guys a little healthier this week and have them back. And I also uh, think that, if anything, it, it, was, it was three games in, but they weren't playing great football. And, and I wonder if, in a way, one and two was better than two and one right now because it does refocus them. Because, uh, again, three weeks in, even if, they, even, even if the, the 50-yard field goal with a few seconds left from Tennessee State, even if that misses, and for a while it looked like it was going wide to the left, mm-hmm. um, even if that misses, you win by one. You feel great about it at two and one. I don't know. It wasn't a great performance by any means. So um, to an extent, they might be refocused. And um, I, I do ultimately believe that good will come of this. And I do ultimately believe they're still a championship team with a with an up and coming damn good young coach and and talent all over the field. So
0: for sure. Now, I mean, l- let's talk a little bit about this offense. Matthew Caldwell, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, first year starter after the quarterback graduates. Talk talk to us a little bit about him. Talk to us a little bit about this offense. What can we expect to see?
2: Well, I, I don't know what role the rain potentially could play in this. I know we've got storms coming up the coast here, and, and everyone's been uh, monitoring the weather. Um, but in a normal dry day, you're going to see an offense that if if 10 seconds run off the play clock, they snapped it too slow. Uh, they like to move, uh, minimum 90 snaps a game. If they can, uh, out, hustle you out, run you line up and snap the football before you can get set up. Uh, don't sub so that you can't sub and just keep it moving. The goal is always 90 to 95 snaps. I actually asked this, uh, I asked Trey Lamb this a couple weeks ago in his office, uh, before the, uh, Elon game, uh, Elon's traditionally a bigger FCS team, kind of built like an FBS team. They like to ground and pound the football. And he's, he kind of had this little smile. He says, yeah, we're, we're going to run on them. So I asked him what's the most snaps he's ever snapped in a game as a play caller. The answer was 108. It's was mind-boggling to me. Absolutely mind-boggling. Now, the new clock rules you think would take a few off of that, right? Except for the fact that that week against Elon, they snapped the football 91 times.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so they're going to move. Um, that's not going to change. Matthew Caldwell as a quarterback, he's six foot four, uh, built like the prototype, big arm. Uh, Jacksonville State transferred. It's his second year in the program. He transferred out of Jacksonville State when uh, Rich Rod staff came in. They've always liked him. And he showed some flashes last year. Uh, Bailey Fisher um, missed one start injured, and Matthew Caldwell played pretty well. Uh, They've always thought he was talented. It was a four-way quarterback battle in the offseason, even though he always had the edge, I think. Uh, Geno English was a transfer that came in from Florida State that pushed him all the way to the end. And he won the quarterback job. There was concern going into into game one uh, about some accuracy, I believe. And then he came out against Appalachian State and in front of 36,000 fans. And his first time in his career as the true starter going into the season, um, Trey Lamb thought he was one of the bright spots throughout the course of the game. And he told his team that in the locker room after the game. And he said, if we're have, if we good at that position, which was a concern going into the year, you know we can really take off. I think sometimes as fans and in the media, we overhype the importance of quarterbacks. Um, coaches will tell you it's a complete effort. but it's hard to win with a bad one. And they have one that they think is pretty good. Uh, Last game was not his best, but I also counted six drop passes during the game. Uh, He was also pressured by what I think is an underrated Tennessee State team that Eddie George has turned in a corner and a defense that didn't let a receiver get open all day and a defensive line that didn't give him a second to breathe all day. Uh, So he's pretty good player. He's not necessarily a runner. He can run. Um, Trey has actually told me he's more straight line speed faster uh, than Bailey Fisher, their previous quarterback, but he's a little taller and lankier. So he doesn't have the, the shiftiness to him that you would expect, uh, from a read option quarterback, you know, to to stick the gut, the ball in the gut of the running back, pull it and then take off and get you a bunch of yardage. He can run. He's a little hesitant of a runner. Um, and, and he does look to throw when probably he should run. Um, that said, uh, he's got a big arm. He is becoming more and more comfortable challenging down the field each game. Out of the field, you know, typical, typical RPO spread option. Let's stretch the field, quick hitters to the wide receivers. There's been a lot of that through three games with a slow progression of let's let Matthew Caldwell air it out and try a couple of, a couple of chances deep. So that's what you're going to see. You're, you're going to see a, a young guru of an offensive guy. We do a coaches clicker segment every week, and I'm blown away by how intelligent Trey Lamb is as a play caller and um, and how intelligent he is about about reading defenses and, and, and the game of football. But, but he kind of fits the mold of these young, spread option, hurry up uh, head coaches. And that's what you're going to see.
1: Now, you know, on the flip side of that, defensively, who are some guys defensively that can cause ECU's offense some headaches, some nightmares, some troubles heading into this game?
2: We'll start with one player, Ty French, multiple-time All-American, number forty-seven. You're going to notice him right away. Okay, uh, he's a defensive end who they sometimes will stand up and play uh, as a linebacker that roams around. Um, I noticed this last game. So first play of the game against Tennessee State, off comes off the edge, sacks the quarterback. I think he forced a fumble that Tennessee State recovered. Second play of the game. Tackle for loss, stuffs and run. Third play of the game, offensive linemen are pointing out 47-47. Usually that happens with a Mike linebacker, not with a defensive end, right? 47-47. And he stands there and waves back at them. Here I am. <laughs> so uh, he's that kind of player. He, he is. I've had coaches tell me this before, that we have to keep an eye on 47 and we have to know where he is. And This is prior to this year, too. We have to know where he is at all times. Um, he was a little bit undersized, and because of the extra year back during the pandemic, his freshman year was Trey Lamb's first year. He's one of Trey Lamb's first big recruits. And, and I think if you get Trey on the record, he'll probably tell you that if not for the pandemic and rosters being crowded, um, Ty French doesn't necessarily fall to us. Um, but he's, he was a little bit undersized, a little bit thin. He's 6'3", 230 now uh, in his fourth year. And FBS schools want him and he has stayed at Gardner-Webb. And he'll he'll finish out his degree and, and probably go on to the NFL next and have a real shot. There are scouts at practices all the time that are looking at him, and occasionally I'll roam the sidelines, talk to them, and every single time, the first guy that they say is going to have a shot in an NFL camp is Ty French. So that, that's the guy. Uh, there are all-conference players that return at every level of this defense. I told you before about Uh, the starters that return Josh Reardon is in his fourth year as a defensive coordinator he's been with Trey Lamb from the beginning Uh, but he is the guy to keep an eye on because three games in and he has probably been the best player on the field in all three games including against Appalachian State Mm.
0: love that yeah I mean those are the types of guys that that win you ballgames I mean we, we talk about offense being what you need to have, to win a ballgame. You got to score points. But when you have a guy like that on, on defense that can kind of play DN but also play this kind of hybrid linebacker role, I mean, it, it's – honestly, I mean, it it's impressive. Um, So, excited to see him this Saturday. I'll tell you what, too. I'll
2: tell you what. He is the most intimidating dude in the world on the football field. The most so he's he's, he's the, the first one off the bus. <laughs> <First one laughs> off the, you don't yeah. want to walk past him. He gets the nasal strips going. He's got this growl. You don't off the field. I have never met a more fun loving, outgoing, uh, just great kid. Great kid. Um he's a father. Um, he, he's he really is just he, he's that that guy's going places. I can't say enough, uh, enough positive words about him. And uh but on the football field, I stay away from. Him. Stay away from. Uh, him. I'm
0: I'm looking at this picture of the of him, and yeah, like <laughs> I, I want no part of him. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you a little story. So,
2: so uh, we were actually, I, I was with them driving to uh to media day back in the summer. It was him and Nari Gaither, an all American running back, and uh, I'm in the car with with him and and uh, a couple of other administrators, and, and we're driving out to Nashville for media day. And when I tell you the entire time he's just laughing up a storm, the entire time I've never I've never had a kid like that. Six hours in the car, Mm -hmm. laughing up a storm. Um, He's just a good kid. That's awesome.
0: That's yeah. That's I mean, just looking at him, that he looks the part. It looks like he's taking eye black, like in this picture. It's literally called uh, Thai French eyes, and like this picture just looks like he's taking the eye black and it's just like all over his face. I, I don't know. Um, just staring down a quarterback. Yeah. Um,
2: good luck, Alex I Flynn. A, I think he's a three time all American at this point too. Yeah, that's uh, a, on so lists. Um, Yeah. Gardner Webb's lucky to have him and lucky that he stayed around. And um, I think that kind of tells you the kind of kid that he is too. So
0: love that. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked. You talked about it. I mean, I think this week is is a game that ECU fans are are worried about after the zero and three start. Must well, you nervous? Yeah, and I think rightfully so. We we know that Gardner Webb is is a formidable opponent coming into Dowdy, and with how our how our offense has, has struggled at times, and and how this team has struggled to kind of get going at times, it, it is a worry um seeing the running Bulldogs uh run down 264 to to Greenville uh I mean all in all what happens I mean do you you think Gardner Webb wins this weekend I
2: I can't say here that they're gonna win I mean you you know how the odds are are stacked against you and as an FCS opponent and uh, I, I was with Trey Lamb uh, right after the, the game at Appalachian State. He was talking to the media, and um, he said, you know, these things kind of go according to a script, um, and the script is one of two ways. You either come out, and you're just overmatched. You get blown out right off the bus, and you've seen that happen a lot in these FBS, FCS games. I mean, he was an FCS player at Tennessee Tech. He's played in them. He's coached them. His career as a player, assistant coach, and head coach has been in the FCS, so he's had a lot of these. Or you're in it because you have enough talent at the top end. You have guys like Ty French. But ultimately, over the course of four quarters, those 20 extra scholarships that divide FBS from FCS make a big difference, and there's just more talent down the depth chart as, as guys get worn out throughout the game, as you start rolling through defensive linemen, et cetera. Offensive line just starts beating up on them. So I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Gardner-Webb will win. Um, but I think they have a shot. I certainly do. Uh, and I think a lot of people in Boiling Springs, North Carolina, think that they have a shot. Uh, and, and I would say that looking back at last week, it it, it hurts – you know, from our perspective, we're looking at how does Gardner get to the to the FCS playoffs? And it's easiest to get that at large bid and get in like they did last year. Um, that's more complicated in, in what is now a 10 team league where they're not even going to play the other favorite in the league, Southeast Missouri State this year. So from from that perspective, last week's loss to Tennessee State really hurts. But from another perspective, you go beat East Carolina this week, you're right back in business and you're really open for an at-large selection. Right. And, and maybe last week's loss is a good thing because it was needed because they just were not playing disciplined football. And so I don't I don't think that they're going to uh, – I, I don't think that they're going to – I don't necessarily – I can't say that they're going to win. I think they could. I definitely think they have a shot. Um, and, and I I know this, that East Carolina fans and that East Carolina team – unlike many other teams that maybe they snuck up on they're not going to sneak up on them because the track record now of Gardner Webb is okay these guys are good they know what they're doing they're going to give us a good shot so i expect it to be a close game but but you never know what's going to happen in the end
0: for sure well phil we appreciate you coming on sorry we we made you wait uh a little bit we we got started a little bit late tonight but was muted. yeah and then and then yeah. i i was muted for and then nobody told me I, I wasn't no, we told you. You just weren't paying attention. But that's okay. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I was reading. I was reading off the, off the notes. I was looking at our show notes. That that was a rookie mistake. Hey, I'll walk the plank on that one. That that's on me. That's two weeks in a row. I, I've gone muted. Look, I've been I've been sick for for the better half of, of of a week and a half, and I I get in these little coughing spurts. I go muted. Try to be professional with it. And I forget to unmute. Then, hey, that that's on me. I I, I, I take full I take full responsibility. Cough
2: button, just one button.
0: Yeah. So, like, hey, we have got we've got a new producer on, on the show. This is actually his first show uh, with us. Shout out, Josh. On, on the on the one Gosh, have a but cough button. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh, figure that out. I I don't understand it. I don't know it. I, I need one of those one of those buttons like like you guys have up in the booth where I'm, I'm not, you can't hear my mic. Um, so thanks again for joining us and, and safe travels down to Greenville this weekend Absolutely. and uh, wish you the best of luck after Saturday. How, how's that? <laughs>
1: I appreciate it. Good talk with you guys. Thank you. Enjoy the game this weekend. Absolutely. Phil. thanks.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Phil. So once again, Phil Constantino, play by play voice, one of the play by play voice and, and, and director of broadcasting for the Gardner Web running Bulldogs. I, I don't think I even did an intro um for him, but yeah, um great insight. And yeah. Yeah. it made me even more made me even more nervous for for this game. Uh already, I, I don't know. What what are your thoughts? Like do you do you think what happens if East Carolina loses to Gardner Webb this weekend?
1: It, if it, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, this was always kind of, kind of going to be a trap game for East Carolina anyway, because we always, you know, we we always have an FCS opponent that we play close every, you know, it feels like every other year we we're going to play some FCS opponent in Dowdy close. We end, we end up winning, but it's a lot closer than what. It probably feels like it should be. But this doesn't even feel like a trap game, though. No. This is like, you know, we're 0-3. We're really struggling. We don't really have everything figured out offensively or defensively. And Gardner-Webb, I mean, they really should have the confidence of coming in. I mean, they, they played up close. They, you know, like like, like Phil was saying, they absolutely could have beat, you know, Tennessee, Tennessee State last week in a, in a game where they did not play well at all. Um, they absolutely could be two and one or three and zero oh with a win over app. So Gardner Webb should come in with an extreme amount of confidence, knowing what they can do in their ability. ECU starts 0 four. Um man, it's 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 and I, I think I would feel bad for the coaches and players because it it's gonna be it it's gonna be a, a shit storm like like they've never seen. If if ECU loses at home in the Gardner Webb and starts 0 four. I mean, yeah, I I don't, <laughs> I I don't. That's that's that is worst case scenario. It could happen, but um, I, I I would I think I honestly would feel bad for the coaches and players because it is it is going to be a a bad day to be a football player or a football coach in Greenville, North Carolina. We're sitting at zero and four. So
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're sitting at zero and four, there's got to be some kind of change. There has to be some kind of change. I don't know what it what it is. But if you're 0-4, something has to now, change. I do not believe we start 0-4. We, we're, we're
1: we're gonna win this weekend. I, I I firmly, I truly believe we're gonna win this weekend. I, I believe we're gonna we're gonna figure figure some things out. We're gonna put some things together. We are gonna and we're gonna get into that a little later with our score predictions and all that. But I do not believe we're gonna start 0-4. I do believe we win this weekend.
0: Mm,
1: I don't know. Do I feel confident about that? Like I, like I would, you know, if we were w- at least one and two with a win over a Marshall or an app, no, but you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe we start on four. I, I just don't think it's that bad in our program. Um, and that, and that's no shot at Gardner-Webb either because you know, they're definitely a legitimate, good program. But like Phil was saying, we've got 20 extra scholarships. We've got, we got more depth. We have a little bit more oomph, you know, and, and, I don't think our program is down that bad to lose at home to Gardner Webb. Yeah, I
0: could, be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe I, I, ho- I hope, I hope you're not wrong. I, I, I really do hope e- ECU get, gets the dub this week. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I. This is. This reminds me of how I felt at times during. Scotty mo years and do I believe more do I believe more in Mike Houston than I do did at any point of the Scotty Montgomery era? Yes. yes yes do I believe in and look guys we just signed Mike Houston to a five-year extension he's not going anywhere he is not going anywhere we cannot afford to get rid of Mike Houston and I don't think we should but it may come down to it it may come down to it where we got to make a, a change somewhere else on the staff. And who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But if we start 0-4, I got to think somebody's head's going to roll. I, I, I believe somebody's head's going to roll at some point. I mean, because I mean,
1: you you start on four, and then you know, lost to Gardner Webb. Where now? Where do you find the wins? If you look at the rest of the schedule, where are your wins? Right, Rice. Rice looks good. I mean, <laughs> I mean right, Rice beat Houston a couple weeks ago. Right? I mean, no, we don't know what Houston is, but like, still, I mean, Rice. Rice looks a lot better than what we thought they were going to look.
0: Right? SMU. SMU looks like they're the real deal. San Antonio's I'm,
1: kind of falling off. They don't. Look U, as good yeah, as UTSA they
0: is. It's kind of been surprising. Yeah. Um, Granted, they they haven't had the easiest schedule to start the year, but we were thinking of them being a, a ten and ten and two, nine and three football team, and I mean yeah. they've got what two losses already. Yeah, um, two I believe. So so we're 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 entering that territory. I mean, Navy is Navy, but then again, we can't beat Navy, anyways. Uh, so um, even with a
1: good ECU team, we can't. We struggle against Navy.
0: So I mean, Charlotte is Charlotte. I I mean, I don't know. It really sucks. It really sucks to be in the position that we're in. But hopefully, we can we can figure it out. Um, look,
1: all, look all, all all hope is not lost. Though, all right, I I do have some optimism about this team. All hope is not lost. Look, all all we
0: need, Artie. All we need, and I'll, I'll say this. I will say this, that good times will come back to East Carolina University. Whether it's this year or whether we have to write out one bad year, something good is going to happen to East Carolina University. It just is going to happen. And I tweeted this yesterday. I look at this picture above my, above my desk every single day. And it's the day, yesterday was the nine-year anniversary of ECU dropping 70. On Carolina, we were in the building, baby. And I look at I look at this picture. I tweeted about it yesterday. And anytime I have a bad day, anytime I'm I'm feeling down, I look at this picture. And I look in the boneyard. If you if you're looking at the boneyard, just left uh, of the the left upright, probably about halfway up. That's where I was sitting. And I'll never forget that day. I will never forget that day. Had a blast. My whole family was there. And I think back to that day, and I think that time's going to come back again. Yeah. We're going to figure it out. But what we need, what we need, Pirate Nation, is we need you to donate. Donate to the Pirate Club. Donate to Team Boneyard. This, This is... It's all... It's a money game now. It really is. It's a money game now. So... We need, we need to keep supporting this team. Did I say, yes, it's hard to cover this team at times? Yes, it is. It's really hard to cover it when you have to drive three and a half hours to cover the team six weeks out of the season. It's really hard to do that. When you have to drive an hour and a half to cover them on the road. It's really hard to do that. Already drove... Fifteen hours. Oh, uh, was that right? Nine hours, ten hours. I don't know. What's uh, that? We're to, talking about to Ann Arbor?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was um, nine hours up there, nine hours back. So,
0: so I mean, it's really hard to do that at times, but don't lose faith, because and I sign every email that we send from the Boneyard Podcast. With this, Artie. And this all goes back to the tweet. This all goes back to the tweet. Loyal and bold. Be loyal to this team. Be loyal to this program. If you're not going to be loyal to them, don't sing the fight song when they score. If you're not loyal, don't sing it. Okay? If you're not going to be bold, And your love for East Carolina University. Then you're not a pirate. And sometimes it takes you being loyal and bold. To be a true pirate. And if our fan base isn't going to be either of those things. Then we don't have a fan base. We always tout how strong our fan base is. If you're not going to be loyal to this team. Even when it's hard you got to be loyal and it it we're going to be loyal look we're going to be loyal we're going to we're going to stand by this team we're going to cover this team we're going to love them but i'm just ready to be back where we're excited every single saturday because every single saturday we believe we can win and the last 3 saturdays hasn't felt now going up to app state i, I felt like we could win i was man i was jamming out i was singing in the car was having a blast. On the way home, not so much.
1: And and, and I'll I'll say this, though, too. As far as bad as we have played, we have been in these games with Marshall and App all the way up and leading into the fourth quarter. We have to finish games. That's really our biggest problem. Yeah, we have offensive woes. We have defense things we have to figure out. But we've still been in these games. For As bad as we played, we've still been in these games. Right? So it's finishing – it's figuring out what the hell is going wrong in the fourth quarter with us because we had to figure that out immediately. But it's not like we've we've played poor from start to finish. We just look absolutely terrible as a, as a football program. That's why I have optimism because we could seriously and probably should be two and one with a pretty decent looking loss to Michigan in the big house, right? So a lot of, lot of, lot of things that can still be worked on. Yes, it looks bad because 0 three is awful, but there, there is some optimism. I, and I, and I will ask people to really look at it and say, okay, yeah, there, there is still some optimism and some hope here with this team.
0: Let's, let's say this, Artie. This team, for for everything that that sucks about it right now this week is it's a new week ecu could still look am i drinking the kool-aid if i if i believe this maybe give me some purple grape kool-aid if ecu could still go nine and three do i believe it's gonna happen no but they could still go nine and three this is a new week
1: Jared, shut
0: up! <laughs> shut up! Do not, do not start talking at nine and three crap. No, oh, I'm, I'm Artie, right Would now. you let? Would you let me finish, Artemis? <laughs> Artie, what I'm saying is, there's still the season's not lost off of these three losses, and while it seems like the sky is falling, and I'm contradicting myself from what I was saying earlier. I mean, East, you you could go – East, you can still win the conference. You haven't played a conference game. No, Artie, I'm not saying that they're going to. But you've got the whole season ahead of you. Why not? Jay, whatever
1: Kool-Aid you're drinking, please pass that through the screen. I need that. I need that Kool-Aid ASAP. Pass
0: that. Like I said, I don't – do I believe it's going to happen? No, but <laughs> that's how as pirates, that's how you got to look at it. You got to go one and know every single week. That, that is how you well, go you in.
1: That in this, pressure, this, 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 you know, this past week, it's, it's about going one to know every week. So
0: you got to win the day, win the day, win the Tuesday, win the Wednesday, like coach Houston said that we had the best Tuesday, Wednesday practice of the season so far. Um, hopefully we can have the best Saturday we've had of the season and build on that, build on that. There's, there's time. There's time to figure something out. And by God, I hope they figure it out because I, I can't deal with another three and nine season or at this point, what may look like a one and 11 season, if not, Oh, yeah. and 12 already. Do you have a walk the plank?
1: Oh, huh. I actually do not. I don't. I don't. I don't have a walk plate this weekend. I there wasn't enough to happen this this past weekend uh, for me to be upset about anything. So the, no.
0: the only thing I'll say is look, I I don't know the guy's name. The guy that made that hit on um on oh, and, um Hunter Travis Hunter yeah Travis Hunter. I don't know why I wanted to say man, Tony Hunter. Man, um, that
1: was dirty as hell, man. The ball was on what, the
0: ground. Was it a dirty hit? Yes, it was a dirty hit. But this guy and his mother should not be receiving death threats.
1: Oh, or, I didn't. I didn't know it was like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he received death threats. No, nah, as a
1: kid, man. I mean, like, like he, he made a boneheaded dumb mistake, and he yes, he should have been suspended too. It should
0: have been. But at the same time, right. at already, can all right. I want to. I want to have a quick conversation because as much as as cool as Deion Sanders is, and as cool as everything else that's going on with him is. Is it bad if I say that I'm kind of getting tired of the constant media attention?
1: I mean, it's not it's not bad that you said. I mean, you're not you're not a fan of it, and that's and that's fine. But like, you also can't deny the impact that he's having. Oh no, he, I I think he I, he's denied. having a tremendous impact. What, what I agree that it's a bit of a circus? It's a bit of a circus. Yes, that, it, it's it's a little much, but that's that's just kind of what Dion brings. And to be honest with you. If you're really looking at these TV numbers, people are really fitting yeah. into this. Like, Jared, 10 million people watched Colorado State versus Colorado last weekend. I know. 10 million people at 2 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, were
0: up watching this game. I mean, even if you're tired of it, you can't really and knock I, the man. <laughs> I, I, what, here's what I'll say. I'm not tired of him. I'm tired of some of his athletes. The – like the fight with, with Travis Hunter watching before the game, like him talking shit. Talk your shit.
1: Jared, yeah, that happens everywhere. Because yeah, but. It happens the, everywhere.
0: I don't know. Some Something rubs me the wrong way. About, about that every, guy.
1: That, you're going to see that at Michigan, Ohio State with, with dudes running up against each other before the game.
0: Yeah, but like. Doing
1: shit, Getting into fights. R- flashing your everywhere.
0: Rolex and, and happens, talking about your Rolls Royce. Yeah. Get the hell out of here.
1: NIL, that's a thing now. Like, Shadur Sanders is going to pull up to the game in a Maybach. Like That's just, that's fine. That's what it is.
0: But that's daddy's money.
1: That's just what it is. <laughs>
0: all all I'm, all I'm saying, Artie, all I'm saying is all week, all week there's talk about, oh, we're going to punch you in the mouth. And we're going to blow you out. You don't belong in this field with us. All week that was coming out, out of some of their players' mouths. And then they damn near lost it. It took them two overtimes to beat Colorado State.
1: But what's their record?
0: Three and zero.
1: Oh. What was the, their they, record last year? What was their record last one year? One and man? eleven. I mean, <laughs> you,
0: yeah. Artie, Artie, hear me out. ECU goes one and eleven this year. Wins the national championship next year. <laughs> if if Dion is walking
1: through that door, then maybe, <laughs> maybe. So,
0: all right. All right, that's that's my walk the plank. I, I mean, it, it's not real. Like, I don't know. I'm just tired of the constant. Now, know.
1: look. Granted, they they got to go to Eugene this weekend, and I they, think they lose to Oregon. I think they lose to Oregon. They're,
0: they're 21 they point dogs at Oregon.
1: I think they lose to Utah. All those good teams they got coming up. They're they're not they're not there yet. So they're gonna lose those games, and and that luster is gonna fall off a little bit. But I mean, what Dion is doing in Colorado, that's it's legit. He,
0: he that's it's amazing. Uh, I saw that they sold out all of their their they're sold out for all their home games all year. That's great. All I'm saying, I don't mind what I, I love what Dion's doing. I wish he was doing it at East Carolina, not Colorado. But what I'll say, Artie, is I'm just like there was a tweet earlier today. It was like Colorado is p- playing Oregon's fight song and. Pumping in crowd noise to their practice, every college football team in America does that.
1: Right, I was about to say everybody does that. They're just overhyping it because it's Dion in Colorado.
0: Yeah, like every like ECU does that for a big game, right? Like that—that's nothing new. So why are we making it a big deal when when Colorado does it? I Blame also the
1: media for that though. Blame the media for that because
0: yeah, they're the I mean, ones giving
1: all the all this kind of limelight and attention is something that don't really deserve that much limelight and
0: attention. Something like that. Yeah. And then, um, secondly, Artie, all right, I I almost forgot about this. My other walk the plank. And this could be Colorado and Appalachian State. Why the hell are you rushing the field?
1: Yeah, it it is getting a little too much. why, Why the
0: hell is Appalachian State Rushing the field after beating an zero three East Carolina University. That just that that's that's little brother syndrome.
1: I I, I really think though it has it is become a thing where nationally I think these kids just like doing it. They, they don't even care that it's it it could be anybody. It could, you could be, be the I just NCAA can't wait
0: to this point. They just want to rush the field. <laughs> they, I, they, I they can't wait until. I can't wait till a team loses, but they lose a close game and they their their fans still rush the field. Uh,
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know.
0: I it is, it is getting definitely. This isn't old man yells at clouds. Like I get it. Like if you don't want them to rush the field, beat them. I get that. Like that. This that's not what this conversation's about. Right. Rushing the field used to be something that was special. Right. We didn't rush the field when we dropped seventy on Carolina because we expected to beat them and beat them badly
1: and they weren't a top 10 team at the time they weren't you you didn't didn't beat the number three ranked UNC
0: you know Tar Heels that's not like that that's all I'm saying is you beat I I think there's rules to rushing the field and we probably need to put this on a on a graphic and, and post this but you gotta it's gotta be a top 25 team and if you're a perennial top twenty five team, or a team that's in the top twenty five, you can't rush the field. Like if you're in the top twenty five, you can't rush the field. Unless you, you're, oh, like,
1: yeah. Unless unless it's like you know now this Alabama LSU game in a century, one versus two, you rush the field for that. Like that that that's a game you rush the field for. Like that's you don't you see that once every five to ten years, you rush the field for that.
0: I, but yeah. I also I also think there's teams like there's schools that are immune to rushing the field ever. But they, they should never rush the field. One of those is Alabama. Right? Like, I, I don't think they should ever rush the field. Duke Michigan, basketball. I don't ever remember Michigan ever rushing the field. For any, Ohio State. Duke basketball. Carolina basketball. Should never rush the court. That That's just my opinion. If you're a oh, blue no. boy
1: I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do agree that it should be at least a ranked opponent. You should beat a ranked opponent. To me, you sh- it should be a top 10 team. Forget top 25. I think I think it should be a top 10 team that warrants you rushing the field because it should be a special moment. It shouldn't just be beating somebody. It should be a special moment because you beat a damn good football or basketball team.
0: Exactly. I, I don't think you rush the field for beating an 0-2, and 3 team. You don't rush the field when you're a top 25 team for beating – a group of five school that you were a two touchdown favorite over. Like you don't do that.
1: But, but Colorado won eleven last year. They don't know how to act. Literally, their fans and students. They don't know. They're not used to this success. They suck. They're not used to this. So.
0: Ah. Uh, um. All right. What, what? Or or Josh? What? What is? What is this message here? Hunter Blackburn. I want was that the guy that hit Travis Hunter? Oh Hunter Blackburn. That's the guy that hit, hit Travis Hunter. Okay. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Uh Artie, let's get into gambling and then let's get the hell out of here. We've we've gone Ooh. too long. Yes. Sir. Uh Ole Miss, number 15, Ole Miss on the road to Tuscaloosa, Brian Denny Stadium. At Alabama. Yeah. Old man Saban. Uh Crimson Tide, six and a half point favorites. Over unders, 55 and a half. Are we seeing the falling of an empire that is Alabama? The
1: empire empire is, the Death Star is coming to the ground. It is falling out of the sky. I'm saying that right now. Because honestly, this this year in college football is probably like the most parody we've seen in. 15, 20 years. I mean, there's at least 10 teams that could compete for a national championship. 10. There's like 10 teams that can legitimately win a national championship. So. I mean,
0: after losing to Texas, they couldn't beat down a little old USF. They face Ole Miss this weekend. who's 3-0 with a win over Tulane. That's honestly probably the best. That's the second best win the SEC has this year. So far. It is Ole Miss's win over Tulane. And that yeah. game turned into a blowout at the end. It, it got a little... Oh, like, it, it was a lot closer than, than what the score shows. Um
1: I, I do want to mention real quick, though. I do need to apologize to South Florida. I thought they was going to lose by 50. I did, too. They shocked the hell out of me. Good for them.
0: I, they, I did, too. They can beat it. Did you see the video of Nick Saban standing on the water cooler and then, like, one of the assistants having to hold the water cooler so he didn't fall off?
1: No, I did not see that.
0: Oh, that, that was funny. Um All right, anyways, Ole Miss – at Alabama, Bama's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Artie, your thoughts?
1: I, I'm a big Lane Kiffin fan. I, I really want him to go in here and win this game. I really want Old Miss Likewise.
2: to
1: go in win this game. I, I really, really do. Now, I can't say that around Ashley and her folks because my future father-in-law, he's a, he's a University of Alabama alumni, and he's having a heart attack right now. So I'm just going to have to be quiet when this game is on. But I am hoping Lane Kiffin goes in there. And, and walks away with a win. I really am.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I really hope Ole Miss wins. I, I'm i tired of hearing about Alabama. I just find it hard for Alabama to lose two straight games at home to Texas and to, to Ole Miss. I If that happens, I mean, could, could we see Alabama drop to – Dropped to like seventeen. Oh, they have they, their
1: they're, they're dropping low. Well, actually, when was the last time Alabama has been out of the top twenty-five? Is it, I feel like it's before the saving era. It's got to be before the saving era. It's got to be like two thousand eight. It's got to be before the last time they were out of the top twenty-five. It's got to be well over a decade. Well over a decade, and they have a legitimate chance of being outside of the top twenty-five this year.
0: Two thousand and seven, a streak of two hundred and forty-eight appearances. Seven, jeez. This, Jared, uh,
1: we were twelve in two thousand and seven.
0: Twelve. Artie, trivia time. Uh, who holds the record for longest streak of being ranked?
1: Oh god, is it still current? Is it still an active streak? No. I mean, it's it's one it's one of them. Blue, it's a SC or a Michigan or Oklahoma. One of those. I, I feel like it's like one of those three.
0: It's actually not.
1: It's not one of those three. I have no idea. I don't know.
0: How about Nebraska?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense.
0: Nineteen eighty-one to two thousand
1: and two. For all the children out there, that don't know. Three hundred and forty-eight
0: straight appearances.
1: Nebraska was an absolute juggernaut in the 80s and 90s. They were, they were, they were, they were modern day Alabama.
0: So we both taking an old miss. Yes. Okay. Hottie Toddy. Um, all right. All right, we just talked about this game a little bit. Uh Colorado, number 19 on the road at Oregon. Um Colorado's gonna be without Travis Hunter for the next three weeks. He's got a concussion. Oregon's a 21 point favorite over under 69. can Dion and company his crew continue the rise to the tops of college football with this matchup against the top 10 team on the road we talked about our thoughts on Dion what are your thoughts on this game 21 is a little high
1: for me even though like without Travis Hunter that that's a huge loss with Travis Hunter they, they might mess around and maybe possibly pull the upset without Travis Hunter they're not going to win this game I don't think they lose by three touchdowns. So I, I, I do think Dion is going to find something to make this game some sort of a, just a magical up and down topsy-turvy kind of game.
0: But Oregon's going to win. Um, Artie, would it surprise you if EC this ECU team in Colorado were on the same list of something like a top 10 list or anything like that in the same season? You said what? So, get- so, ECU and Colorado are both in the bottom 10 when it comes to yards per game on defense mm. in the country. You got Bo Nix at Oregon.
1: Very good quarterback.
0: Yes, Shadur Sanders is a fantastic quarterback. You're without probably your top wide receiver. You're without your one of your, I mean, best – Defensive players. What, what's he play? D end, um, and Travis Hunter. Look, I, I think I think the hype train is derailed this week. Or Oregon beats them and beats them soundly. Yeah, uh, I, I, think, I, I think
1: I think Oregon wins by double digits. I just don't think it's three
0: touchdowns. I I, I think it is. I I do think it is. Like going in going to Otson and to Eugene. And 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 they're they're gonna be fired up because they
1: they they've heard all the chirping, all the noise.
0: They know what and the Oregon, moment's all about. Oregon's like,
1: hold up, now we we are the class of this conference. We we're Oregon. Like, what are you what are you talking about? Phil Knight, Nike. Like, we're we're Oregon. Stop that. So you know, Oregon's gonna win this game. They're gonna be hyped up. They're gonna be ready.
0: Speaking of, speaking of Nike, did you see these shoes that they're wearing? No, I didn't. They are gonna they're gonna change colors throughout the game, based on like the the players like body heat.
1: <laughs> that's cool. That's a very Nike thing to do. Yeah,
0: that's cool. All right, so you you're taking Colorado to cover. I'm taking, I'm taking Oregon to cover. Right. Yep. All right, and the over of sixty nine. Take the over. I, I think this, over. this this is gonna take be a high over. scoring game. Yeah,
1: take the over.
0: All right. Um. Uh, next two three and O teams. Memphis and Missouri. Missouri got a big win last week against Kansas State. Uh, three and on the season, this game is actually going to be played in St. Louis. Artie, Missouri, six-and-a-half point favorites, over-unders 51-and-a-half. Talk to me. Missouri's kind of surprising. So is Memphis a little bit. Um,
1: I know I'm supposed to, you know, pull pull for the American, and I do. But I don't know. I, I, I like Mizzou in this game. I think I think Mizzou's going to win. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be close, but I think, uh, I think Mizzou wins. Memphis covers. Missoula
0: once. Okay. Um yeah, I I think Memphis covers. Uh, I could I could see Memphis even winning. Um yeah. They they've got a stout defense. So um it's gonna this is gonna be one this is one of the more interesting games. I th- I think whoever wins this game honestly should probably be ranked in the top twenty five next week. I, I do think that. So we're gonna take Memphis to cover, right?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Next game, Artie, the battle for the iron skillet. TCU, SMU. is uh, a, a six and a half point favorite over under 63. Uh, neither team is, is what I think anybody thought they were going to be this year. Um, SMU is still very good. TCU is still pretty good. I don't, but I don't think they're as good as everybody thought they were going to be. Everybody thought these two teams were going to be like top 25 teams, uh, going into this year. Mm -hmm. Um, give me, give me TCU to cover. Uh, I, I think TCU wins by, wins by a touchdown.
1: This is this is a t- this is a rivalry game. They don't like each other, and this is a tough because I can see SMU winning this game. I really, I really could. And, and this rivalry feels like the kind of rivalry that, like goes back and forth pretty much every year. Um, but I agree. I, I think I agree with you verbatim. I think TCU covers, and I, I think
0: they win the game. Okay, so we, we both agree on on that one. Um, let's see. All right, Artie, I couldn't find a line. I'll be honest with you. I couldn't find a line on ECU. Gardner Webb. They
1: said we don't care about this game. <laughs> we don't care.
0: The closest thing I could find. They said nobody's betting on this game. We don't care. If you're betting on this game, you are an absolute degenerate.
1: You you are you are you are the most sicko there is out there if you're betting on ECU Gardner Webb.
0: Josh, clip this and send this to Sicko Mode or Sicko Committee. <laughs> because if you're betting on this game you are deranged Gardner Webb at East Carolina I did find an estimated line because I couldn't find a real line already East Carolina is a 16 and a half point favorite estimated I don't agree with that at all
1: Not, not the way we played no
0: Over under was 56 and a half the estimated over under that I found I got scared there for a second. I, I found a line where it said Gardner Webb was favored it or favored it in a game, but then I realized I was looking at a past basketball game. Um uh, if if I had to set the line, Artie, I would probably set it at ECU minus. I'd probably set it, set it at ECU minus nine and a half. Okay, I feel like that's a fair line um you know, I'd probably set the over under I, I would set the over under at I at, uh, like the 56 and a half I'll, I'll leave it at that um so let, let's use my line I'm Vegas ECU minus nine and a half Gardner web covers
1: yeah. I think Garden Web covers. What's
0: your score? Oh
1: shit. Come on now.
0: I went first last week. Did you? I did.
1: Oh. It's it I, I'm thinking I'm thinking twenty seven twenty one East East Carolina.
0: I'm thinking 30-24 East Carolina. Okay. 27-24. Right.
1: Gardner-Webb is going to have a lead for at least a quarter of this football game. They're going to have a lead for a while. The ECU comes back once.
0: Mm. Alright. Artie, let's we'll start getting out of here. Let's do it. Uh, thanks again. For, for following us along on, on Variety Sports Network. Shout out to the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Go go check them out. Lots of great content. Uh follow us on social media. If you want to be in, in talks and want to talk shit to us, that's fine. I, I'm just gonna laugh at it. Um but we are putting out a lot of great content. That's why we brought on Josh. Excited excited about this. Uh you, Josh Josh is this is something we've been talking to Josh about for for a long time now probably since probably a better part of a month and a half. It feels like, um, which I guess in the grand scheme of things, isn't that long of a time, but, um, something that we've been talking about needing here at the Boneyard podcast for a while. Yeah. So, uh, make sure you follow us on social. We're going to be put, putting out more content there on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook. We already do a lot on Twitter. We got 8,600 tweets crossed over the 3000 follower thresh, threshold, uh, Hey, this week come on now. Come so
1: we uh, K baby we, we appreciate you we salute you Thank
0: yeah you. and subscribe on youtube if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening subscribe on youtube we have a lot of fun with it we're gonna be doing more stuff uh now that now that we've got josh on the team we get we got a lot of fun stuff planned over the next couple weeks and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast um we we really appreciate you listening we we do this because it's fun for us and it, it is way for us to kind of talk about sports and, and talk about ECU and and have a good time with it um look we don't we don't try to be the the world beater uh journalist out there like yes we're trying to get scoops we have scoops we we try to do things um but but we're like I said earlier we're fans of, of a team first. And then we're a podcast second. So, uh, yeah, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, Leave us a five-star review, and you'll be a friend of the podcast forever. Uh, Artie, that's all I got.
1: Hey, good episode. It's late on the East Coast. It's time to lay it down. But we appreciate you, Power Nation. We love you. Wash your hands. Wash your butts. Deuce. Peace.